We've got a couple of interesting radio deals this week we want to talk about. Is Sonoma, California turning into a one-horse town and a $60 million deal led by a social entrepreneur? Yeah. Lots of interesting things to talk about in these two deals. Good morning. Welcome to Media Insultant, another edition of Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Seattle area and Keith Samuels, who's next to me. Keith is down in Southern California keeping a cool head in the hills of Hollywood. Yeah, heat wave this week, so there you go. All the way up to 75, probably. No, we're going to get to the mid-80s, so come on. it's uh, yeah, yeah. Might have to turn on the AC. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do this each Tuesday and Friday, so today we'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday, June 7th episode of Media Insultant. Keith, I mean, you know, we're talking all the time about radio and TV, but you got a big deal going on this week. What's a, what's up? I got a big deal. I'm up. You know, I let me let me throw in a little plug. Um, my daughter works at Pixar, and the the most recent movie she worked on, they just wrapped it up, and uh, it opens June seventeenth, which is Lightyear. It's the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, and my daughter Samantha oversaw the uh, animation team that put together the sets and did the lighting for the movie. So she was need she was up to her you know what in uh, in light year for the last couple of years and as her dad I get to go with her and escort her on the red carpet down Hollywood Boulevard on Wednesday night for the world premiere of, uh, of light year you know my wife is saying have you picked out your outfit yet you know what are you wearing on the uh, <laughs> on the on the red carpet and I say I'm going as the kind of uh, near-retirement studio executive look. So it'll probably be a suit, open-collar shirt. You know, I got my hair cut, so I'll be plugging uh, my stylist, Marissa. You know, no makeup, didn't do hair and makeup, but I'll be, you know, it'll be Brooks Brothers. But it's a lot of fun. We get to watch, we get to see the movie with all the people who made it and all the people who voiced it, including Chris Evans, the big star, who does Lightyear's voice. And, uh, And then it's the big post party. So... You know, I'm going to party like a rock star with all these kids uh, coming up on Wednesday night, buddy. So I'm hoping I'm going to be okay by Friday's show. All right. Well, we're <laughs> counting on social media pictures. We want to want to see you there. And okay. You will yeah. be, and following that, you'll be more insufferable than ever. So we'll just have to put up with you for a while. Well, we also will look forward to a quick review. On okay. You got it. So a guy by the name of Lawrence Amaturo's had some radio stations in the Sonoma, Santa Rosa area for... Well, the family has had them for decades. A couple of years ago, they sold off their stations to a group called Maverick out of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I think they paid uh, something like $85 million for the, or $80 million, some unbelievable figure. Well, come a few years later, things have changed, and Lawrence Amaturo bought back his stations mm-hmm. for $4.5 million. <laughs> and he runs great. Uh, operation. He's got a great operation. Michael O'Shea is their GM, and Michael's got a great reputation all the way around. So what happens last week, but we get an announcement that the other major operator in town, Redwood uh, Stereocasters, Redwood Empire Stereocasters, has sold two of their stations to Lawrence Amaturo's group. And that includes the number one station in the market, KZST, which is kind of an oldies-based AC station. So 
they've sold these two stations. The market now really has two really good operators and has had two good operators for a long time. But now it looks like it looks like Amaturo is going to become not only the dominant operator, but Redwood is going to take a back seat with a couple of orphan stations. And the whole thing is coming out to the one question I have. Is a market like Santa Rosa, half a million people, is this a one-horse town? Is it a one-radio group town? Well, it sure looks like it. And, you know, with Gordon Zott and, and, and Redwood Empire keeping their big country station and a, a much lower-rated Christian, uh, contemporary Christian music station, that's kind of, you know, it's not throwing in the towel. I mean, this isn't like, you know, th- something motivated this sale. And I've got to think that it was it was time to get some money out of these properties before the economy tanks soon, and and they can't get anything for them. And so, you know, was was he out shopping these stations? Do you think that he was looking to sell these stations to somebody from outside the market, and then really kind of settled with a deal with with Lawrence and our old friend Michael O'Shea? That's really a good question. I think you know this these, these kind of markets like Sonoma, uh, Santa Rosa are are lovely places. I mean, it's just a beautiful place, great weather, very interesting economy. It's the wine tourism business. And you think, oh, this would be a great radio market. Mm. Not so much, you know, so much of your business is based on tourists. And boy, my experience in tourist markets is local businesses say, hey, the tourists come in, I got 25 million people who come into this valley every year. I don't need radio. I don't need to advertise. Everything is just fine. Yeah. So I think it's a tougher market than you might think in spite of its size and in spite of its prestige. So at the end of the day, you know, you go out and shop a station like Gordon's Lots and, you know, two things happen. One, you don't really want to shop it because word gets out. Yeah. And yeah. he's a very local guy and he's very in- integrated into the community. But the other thing is, is we've seen this all over the place. People have come out and said, you know, I'm going to sell my radio station. And nothing happens. Tom Burge comes to mind. He's got a great cluster in in the Finger Lakes of New York. And he did a big public thing. Oh, I'm going to sell my stations. They're wonderful. They're great for owner-operator. Crickets. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Not so much. Well, you know, and and Tom has the same situation that they have up in Sonoma and, and, and Santa Rosa. The Finger Lakes are right next to Syracuse, so you've got all the Syracuse stations, and Sonoma and Santa Rosa are right next to San Francisco, and a little market on the West Coast. And so, you know, you do have some bleeding. <laughs> you have some bleeding of of some stations out of San Francisco, not as much as you'd think. You know, that 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 get up there, Camel and KNBR and uh, KCBS AM. You know, they all bleed in up there. But you know, it's interesting. Basically, these are these are farm towns okay even though it's wine country and you think oh it's wine country oh la di da basically winemakers are farmers okay it's not any different than guys down in fresno you know you know or the guys growing almonds down the central valley of california it's farm towns and this just happens to be a little bit higher level of sophistication of farming but it's still farming and you have farm laborers you got a heavy hispanic influence there and, and you now have, so you have people that go out and work the farms and all the businesses that support that. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, Lawrence, you know, uh, in between owning these stations, bought in on a couple of car dealerships up there. He's partners with Jim Bone on Jim Bone Nissan and Jim Bone Kia uh, up there in Santa Rosa and Sonoma. And, and you know, he's, he's a very successful car dealer partner with this guy. And, and then he buys the stations back. 
and has Michael O'Shea, our old buddy from Cube in Seattle, running them. And it's a great operation. But it, and, and it's now become a little bit more of a retirement community. So there's there's more people that are doing you know you know that they're looking to get out of the Bay Area. They're selling their house on the peninsula, in the Bay Area for you know five or six or ten million dollars, and they buy a nice piece of property up in uh, the Napa Valley or up in Sonoma. They buy a ranchette. They yeah, buy a ranchette yeah. or a, a, a winette, maybe. Maybe that's what you could. Yeah, call exactly. It. And so uh, you know, so it's it's kind of a mixed bag of economies up there. Uh, and there's really, no, it's not an easy sell. Uh, so I think this is a great move for Lawrence. And, and Lawrence is a sharp guy, as you mentioned, and I like Lawrence a lot. You know, he didn't hire me when he had the chance, and I thank him for it. Uh, he had a three-station cluster in Southern California that was, a, that was really difficult, and they couldn't sell it. They finally ended up selling him off in pieces. He's, a, he's an impressive young, young guy, not young anymore, but he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good guy. And you know, it was his dad that started the company. So right. you know, Lawrence was running it for a long time for him. But, you know, you look at this and go, uh, uh, does this really, this really helps Amaturo kind of corner the market. He's a good businessman. Michael O'Shea is a great programmer. These guys will do really well with these stations. And I think, in, in fact, you know, it's probably a good time to, to kind of own, own the market. You know, so if you're going to be in the business, you might as well own the market and they will do that. Well, I think that gets to the point. You know, really, if you if you take Gordon's Lot and you take uh, Lawrence Amaturo, those are the two big operators. There's another group uh, called BC that bought some of the Sterling Cablecast stations. I think there were three or four FMs. One's operated on an LMA. They paid about three and a half million for them, three point three million, I think. But that's it. And then you got a couple of other single operators, but it. You know, it's it's really a, a classic example of what we're seeing more and more is that some of these medium markets really aren't big enough for more than two, maybe one or two operators, yeah. and yeah. everybody else just scrambles. Yeah, just you know, scrambles. I, and but we, no, there's no there's no terms of the deal announced, so we have no idea what what Gordon got for these stations. Right. You know, we're we're also seeing a lot of old family groups or clusters owned by, you know, privately held by families that as the patriarch ages, it's time to sell and liquidate these things. You know, we saw Dorothy Bullitt do it up in Washington when our friend Melissa Durfee bought the stations over in uh, in Chelan, you know. Chelan. The time was right to get some cash. And, and rest, rest, God rest her soul, Dorothy passed away, you know, not long after they sold the stations and got the money for them. So, you know, it's well, kind of, you can talk to any broker, Keith. You can talk to any broker right now, and they will tell you the same thing. They have yeah. a long list of uh-huh. stations from Hilo, Hawaii, to Syracuse, New York, that are owned by family, yeah. want to get out, want to sell it, and there is nobody to buy it. Mm. You know, mm. And obviously there are some religious groups that continue to buy, EMF buys and fills in some of the country, and, and other upcomers like uh, VCY have, have also been buying. But, you know, the days when, as we've, and we've talked about this, the days when a GSM who becomes a GM then puts together a couple of bucks from, from some of his buddies down at Rotary and buys the radio station, pretty much gone. Pretty yeah. much gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think there's one other thing. You know, there wasn't a price announced, and that's a little unusual. And I think it's uh, to deflect some, some interest in it because it'll be filed later. And then hopefully nobody pays attention to it. <laughs> but uh, I was I was struck by how gushing Michael O'Shea was about this deal. 
I mean, he just he just went on about this is the deal of a lifetime. Oh, I'm so proud to be involved. Oh, Gordon's lots a great right. broadcaster. This is a legendary station. I'm so honored to run it. I almost get the feeling it's like he's saying, well, we're not going to pay you much, but we'll sure make you look good. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like, come on, so, Michael. You know, come on. <laughs> it just was It just was a little bit over the top. And a little? So, a little? It was like, you know. Well, I, oh. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So we beat that one up, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. It'll be interesting to see what it sold for. The The cluster that Sinclair Telecom sold was for $3.3 million. Now, they're not nearly as well rated. Yeah. I think they have about a six and a half, seven share in the market. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens when you've got, because between the two of them, the two stations that Amaturo's buying, he's picking up about 16% share of the yeah. audience. Yeah, it's a big bite. It's a big bite. It's a yeah. big bite, and uh, that's got, both formats probably have a have a plus one power ratio, so they're yeah. probably doing pretty well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Now here's the here's the real question of the week. What is it about <laughs> a, a a social entrepreneur that can raise eighty million dollars and spend sixty million of it to buy a group of radio stations from Televisa Univision? Univision, tele- yes, yes, Univision, yeah, yeah. You're so much better at that than I am. It's your Southern California <laughs> ear that just helps a lot. I don't hear enough of that up here in the Northwest. So, how did this happen? You got two political activists, no media experience at all. Right. They raise eighty million and they buy a batch of these stations. Give me your read on this. What's going on? Well, yeah, it's got a lot of people scratching their heads, particularly those people that are in uh, Hispanic radio. You know, all over the internet over the weekend. This deal got announced on uh, last Friday. Uh, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, it was even off the media insultant radar screen. Nobody knew this was happening. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, two Democratic political activists are funded by a, uh, a VC firm that gives them $80 million and they spend $60 million on Univision and announce the purchase of 18 radio stations from Univision. And it's like, whoa, whoa, all at once. And they even announced who their board of advisors are. And you went, wow. I mean, how, how, wow, this this all came together really quickly and really out of nowhere. And it's almost as if there was this uh, deal in the background where the VC guys were, you know, had some money. They wanted to buy into Spanish language radio. They found you know, two activists to be the, 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 the Latino faces of this company called the Latino Media Network and working in cahoots with, with Univision because you don't just go to Univision and go, hey, would you guys sell us some of these stations? You know, it's like, hey, we want to do this. We want to buy some stations and we want to buy them in all these major markets. And that's what they did. And it's like, it's like in re- normally what would happen is you'd have these two women announce that they've been funded by these firms for the two and other investors, for to do the tune of eighty million, and we're looking to buy some Spanish language media and particularly radio, and we really want to do this thing the way we want to do it. Da 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 da. Latino content for Latino people, you know, Latino voices and all this stuff. And then, then a couple weeks later, they announce the deal with Univision, and then a couple weeks later, they announce a CEO. They don't even have a CEO. They don't have a management team. There's no management structure. There's no. There's nobody running this group. Okay. So that part is happening now, after the fact. It just seems so weird that this all was signed, sealed, delivered, and done, and gift wrapped, and announced in the media. Wow! Well, you know, well, out of left field. 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you on the sequence. I, I think, you know, those things happen uh, in a lot of different ways. You're right. There are different ways this happens. What I think, and you and I both have discussed this, what I think is peculiar is essentially Univision has dumped their dog AMs mm-hmm. on this group. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, yes, they're getting Los Angeles and New York and Miami and Dallas, San Antonio. These markets you say are great Hispanic, Latino markets, but they're all AMs. Some of them are marginal at best. And they don't even begin to pick up any FMs until they get to, well, they picked up uh, an FM in Dallas. But then they get FMs in McAllen, they get FMs in Fresno and Las Vegas, which is fine. But they, you know, they bought a batch of dog AMs. What do you do with a dog AM in New York, in L.A., in Miami? Particularly in Miami, where the ground coverage is is so poor. So, you know, that to me is a big question. And I agree with you. I mean, it's like... They're pumping the fact that they're in New York, Chicago, L.A., you know, Miami, but they're really not. I mean, KTNQ in L.A. is a 0.2 share. It ranks 44th in the market. There's only one station smaller than they are. It's a complete non-factor, and it won't be a factor ever, okay? If Univision couldn't make KTNQ work, these gals are not going to be able to make it work. So it's kind of like, okay, but they're, but it's it's all for the media. We are in L.A. We are in New York where the station has a point four. You know, Dallas, uh, Miami. It, it, no, none of these stations are, are currently a factor in their market. And they're already Spanish language. They're already owned and operated by one of the best Spanish language media companies in the world, Televisa Univision. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're, they're, they're buying it off of, you know, uh, some small operators. So this is kind of like a... I don't know, like a political quid, quid quo pro? I mean, Univision, hey, give us these stations. We're going to be part of this. Now, here's the deal. They're going to carry Univision programming for a year. Okay, Univision's going to continue to program all of these radio stations for a year after the deal closes. Okay, So David Eduardo on the, uh, on the radio discussions board was talking about over the weekend is that we're at least, at minimum, 18 months away from, the, the, from these people having anything to do with what's the content on these stations and how it's going to be different than what Univision was doing. You know, and no yeah, one the really $60 knows. million dollars is not going to be delivered 18 months from now. It'll be delivered at the closing. At the closing, but yeah. then they have another year to, to not program these things. So what, we're, what I'm going to look for is, okay, who's going to run this group? Who are they going to hire? And you know me with personnel moves. Who are they going to bring in as the CEO? Because they currently don't have any radio people involved other than Castro, uh, uh, Tom uh, Castro, an on advisor, the board. Tom Castro. It's not a board of directors; it's their board of adv- their advisors. So it's like, okay, well, Tom did a great job because you know he had to liquidate his group. Oh well, you know, but there is, you know, that's the only person from media and radio that's on, involved. So it's a strange deal all the way around. Who are they going to hire? How are you going to sell ads in L.A. on a point two radio station? A point, you know, point four station in New York. When you're up against SBS, you're up against Univision, who still have their their their, their FM stations in these markets. Entrevision, SBS. I mean, they're up against a lot of Spanish language competition in all of these markets. And, Even Lotus. And Lotus, of course. I forgot about Lotus. Yes, and Lotus as well. So this is no picnic, okay? But for some reason, everybody thinks it is. It's going to be that the, they they're going to have the answer to this, to what, and I don't know what the problem is, you know? So now, and the other part that David Eduardo talks about, I'll make this final point and shut up Jackson, cause we're gonna go over time. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can, none of these markets are exactly alike. And the Latino market is much more fractionalized than all the press coverage of this 
purchase make it make it seem to be. They think it's all Latino, Hispanic, and it's not. You know, the first generation Hispanic is a lot different than the fourth or fifth generation Hispanic. New York, with with you know, is is different in in the makeup of its Hispanic audience, and then Miami. Okay, same with L.A., which is a first generation predominant. So. You know, you can't take a look at the Latino, Hispanic, and Spanish language audience as and one. And think of it as homogenized. As right. homogenized. It is not a homogenized. It right. is not it at all. And a lot of uh, national activists like these, like Steph and, and Jess, think that, you know, they kind of think that it is. And it's not. So it's going to be a tricky, it's going to be a tricky thing to run. So we got a lot to follow on this story. At the end of the day, it's all part of AM revitalization. I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that's what they're sitting around thinking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, we're out of time, and so we got to get out of here. We drop new shows each Tuesday and Friday. Don't forget, if you got comments, love to hear from you. Jackson at IntownMedia.com. The video is always on the Media Insultant Showcase, which is on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, Vimeo. I continue to struggle with Vimeo and Venmo, you know. That's it, yeah. Oh, well, you can Venmo your sponsorship monies to us. That's not a problem. You could do that. You could do that. All right. And, of course, podcasts are on any podcast platform. We're a production of In-Town Media, and we'd uh, certainly welcome you to join us again Friday, Keith. We'll do this again on Friday. I will see you then. Talk to you then, Jackson. Thanks a lot, buddy.